Shut up and sit down. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday night, and we've got another guest, another Not A Real Libertarian episode for you, and another day where we are banned from going live on Facebook because we did something that they won't tell us, and they, it's, it's, it's like being married to Facebook. She's mad at us, but she won't tell us, and now we have to figure it out. It's great. Anyways... Uh, I'm gonna bring my my good buddy, not Will on the chair of Oklahoma Libertarian Party. I don't know that many podcasts have an actual sitting chair on their shows, so you all are blessed to to be in his presence. It is a, a sitting chair. I feel like that's a very appropriate sounding thing. But um, thanks, man. I appreciate that a lot. I uh, have been chair for like two weeks and haven't hardly done anything, but be very confused because a lot of emails and Discord messages now come my way. So I am in the weeds just trying to learn how to navigate a little bit, but uh, I've got good people around me who are helping a lot. So that's cool. Is it all on fire? Is it, is it, is it spiraling yet? Not yet. No, that's kind of the beauty of the OKLP is it pretty much runs itself. And uh, to be honest, our secretary, Sharice Norton is pretty much, just so insanely consistent that things keep happening no matter what anybody else does if we ever lost her god forbid it would that would be a dumpster fire but she um i've like we've all tried to get her to be chair so many times but she doesn't want the spotlight and she doesn't like doing public speaking and things like that so really i would say she is like the ceo if i had to say and i'm more just like a spokesperson who um you know pretends to be the ceo that's how that works and it's not that she, I mean, she, she, I have more authority, but I, I ask her for so many things and I respect her opinion a lot. So it's kind of like, she's really running the show. It feels like LPTN with Miss Kenna Porter. For those who know Kenna, uh, they know that who runs LPTN, it's, it's Kenna. That is a funny thing though, isn't it? Like women run pretty much most of the LP. Like we, there's guys <laughs> in like prominent places, but it's, it's the women somewhere that's running all of it. <laughs> Has, has it always just been like that and like all things and we're just always the face and that's how it works behind the scenes because women are the actual adults in the room and men we basically just with cavemen walking around just trying to figure out fire still who it's actually just... makes sure the kids get fed who actually makes sure yeah i mean 
it's not a sexist thing. There's just more adults than we are. We get drunk and go talk online to strangers. I, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I did want to say thank you to Roy and Spider-Man Joe, who we did an episode with a while back, um, for tuning in on YouTube because we had great numbers and then Facebook has done its thing and now it, this is awful. It, our, our, our audio version is still great. Like We still do great numbers over there. But Facebook is killing us, so let's do the average real quick. What was the meme that you posted that got us banned? Can I ask real quick? I don't know. They never what said time? anything. Oh, so I got banned. So bootleg got banned on Facebook. So that's what because happened. I said okay. fucking white people. But oh, see, they yeah. never sent us anything. I said oh, yeah. I said fucking white people, and they said they gave they gave bootleg a thirty day ban for hate speech, but. They never said anything. They never sent me anything about the podcast being uh, banned from going live. Yeah, so that's why, you know what? Because not a real veteran couldn't broadcast to the caucus, but it's because of the bootleg, I bet, the bootleg page, not because of the not a real libertarian page. But Bootleg isn't in the veteran caucus. It's my personal one is. Oh, okay. Well, that's weird. But what's not weird is following us on all of these wonderful places except this one. For now, Facebook. But everywhere else, dude, you should have heard the ad reads last night. But go ahead. Oh, I still need to watch last night's episode. I've got a four-hour drive tomorrow. I'm listening to it. It will be on in the van, and I will listen to all of it. You two were were wilding out apparently, and I don't know anything about it, and I'm excited. That, that's exactly. So right. we've got the third and final book in the Royal Green series crowned by gold if you're into guys who talk about flat earth all the time and that's their entire personality uh go read these books it's 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 in the future but it's like medieval or something i don't know um i've not read it i refuse to read it will never read it uh but i'm legally required to say it's a good book and fuck jack casey well said and alaskan raven for all of your meme needs at slick crow memes and mooses they are fantastic they make the best memes james tallyer he's a wonderful human being he puts people over politics tallyer for ky.com that's t-o-l-l-e-r number four ky.com go help him out this man is fighting for his political career right now they redistricted him that's a big word for elmo um for those of you on the TikTok, that makes sense. Um, and he's 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 fighting. To, he doesn't know what district he's going to be in, and he has to file. So go throw him some money, help him out, and uh, you know, show him some love, volunteer, and just just tell him you're sorry that the state's screwing him. That sucks, but it makes perfect sense. They seem to screw everybody. And the LP Veteran Caucus, leading libertarians to veteran issues, leading veterans to libertarian solutions. You can find us at lpvets.com um, and on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Go follow us. Join us on Discord and uh, come hang out. I need to update this graphic, man. I'm emailing myself a new one right now. This is so old. But we're missing a few. Hold on. And do not forget redemptiontactical.com and use our link so they know that we sent you. Yeah, I'm a – oh, she's – See, she's even here. They're doing a pub crawl right now, and they're st- she's still here. That's dedication. Uh, 
Thank you, Jenny. The best. The best. And go to notarealpodcast.com. Well, you can get all of our content uh, the week of um, without, even if we get banned everywhere else, the content's still on the website. So go check it out. The video versions are anyways. Also, if you are like, hey, I got nothing going on this weekend. I'm in the areas around Tennessee. I want to go do some crazy shit. I want I want to go hear about bylaws. Well, go to the LPT and Co- 2020 uh, state convention. Um, let's see. We got some great speakers like Ricky Dale Harrington, Hannah Cox, Scott Horton, and Shane Hazel. And then Joe Jorgensen will be there. The tickets, if you use my discount code bootleg, you get to go to the free stuff. It's it's not a real discount code. It's already free. Um, I think there's still gala tickets available. I think some of the, the, the meal tickets are available. Just click that big button there. Get you some tickets. I will be hosting with the lovely Nina Blackwelder a gun talk and survivalist course. So we're going to teach people about firearms, about firearm safety, about surviving out in the wild because most of you folks who live on Facebook to say that you're not a real libertarian uh, probably learn some of that stuff. So go uh, come check it out. It'll be a lot of fun. Hell yeah. You have a great speaker lineup, man. I'm honestly really jealous. We had a great speaker lineup too, but you have an awesome one. Tony DeRazio is going to be there too. And I have promised him the very first scheduled in-person interview. I think Spike Cohen was actually the first scheduled one, but we're not going to tell Tony that. Um, I told him it'll be the first scheduled in-studio interview. I'll check that out. It'll be interesting. I've I've promised to get him drunk. I promise that I will continue to be drunk, and uh, it'll be interesting. We believe in you. Now, anyways, onward with our show. Yes, we've got one of the adults that we were speaking of earlier in the room, uh, Linnea. Linnea. I I probably said it right first time and fucked it up second time. She's yeah. I suck. Second time, you got it. But Miss Gabbard, uh, not the Tulsi variety, the the better variety. is running for LNC chair or not chair shit? LNC <laughs> LNC Region Seven rep. This is going to be great, um, and I'll let her tell you more about it. Yeah, I'm not running for chair. No. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting yeah. race. Well, right now. I just announced it, so you got to do it now. Yeah, we're not doing that. Angela will do a good job. So I will say, Lania. In, in the OKLP back channels, this is definitely secret political talk, but you definitely have full support from everybody. So just know that. Oh, yeah, she's she's our region. I'm OKLP, and that's Region 7, by the way, bootleg. Yeah, I've actually worked with a lot of people in Oklahoma. So, uh, like, I managed the Joe Jorgensen campaign, eh, you know, but I managed that, and so I met a lot of, uh, I think I like, Victoria and Aaron. That's how I met them, too, I'm there, sure. so. Yes, Natalie. Natalie. Did you come to Oklahoma both times that she came? Uh, no, I did not. We got her to come to Arkansas, but I went to Oklahoma to pick up like materials and stuff. So I was able to meet them there, like in person. That's cool. Awesome. 
So what is your uh, kind of vision for being a regional rep in the LNC? Yeah, so um, I kind of like the, I'm used to the pattern of uh, representing. So I sit as a at-large member on my state XCOM. So I kind of represent and push down services from the top to all of our county affiliates and I build affiliates. So to be able to do that, on a larger level and serve all the states that way we can come everyone has their own set of states you know we've got all that covered we send it up to the national lp in a more efficient way that's what i would like to see like if you know focusing on affiliate building focusing on anything that a state thinks their weaknesses any of that i like to provide feedback between the top and the bottom because you know that's like one of the biggest things that everyone has issues with is trying to get a hold of like how they can get resources and help so to me, like I'm, it's kind of my bread and butter. So I like to do that. Okay. That's awesome. And yeah, that's what Erin does now. She does a phenomenal job. So I really appreciate what she that does. role means for the state affiliates. Um, huh. Very cool. What kind of like, I'll ask everybody this, but like, what do you feel like is your brand of libertarianism in general? Oh boy. Um. So, so I'm more, I guess I'm more, uh, anarchist than anything um but i'm also you know i enjoy talking to people through like talking to people who aren't libertarians i like to talk to them through their view because it's like realistically most people cannot conceptualize that they're like i can't i can't see anyone not being i can't see self-government it doesn't work for a lot of people in their heads so i have like a, a slice of realism but in my own perfect world anarchy I think you're among you're among friends here, right, Bootleg? Yeah, I think I think anarchy is a hard thing to push. I push menarchy to a lot of people because it's it's an easier yes. pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Like saying because most people are, are conditioned to saying, "Hey, we need someone to lead us, right? We need someone to be in charge." Because when things go bad, people will literally look around the room and say, "Okay, who's taking the lead?" Whether they know it consciously or not, and. It, it will be baby steps. Like you can't just abolish the entire government overnight and expect things to be fine. Cause there will be bad shit. I think it is a, pro- a, a progressive step down system. So I think that's how you kind of have to approach people as well as starting with small baby steps. Like, Hey, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we shouldn't be paying uh, taxes to a government who is able to just print money at will, or maybe we shouldn't fund a war for 20 fucking years where we keep sending our kids to get slaughtered. So, it's it's stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think And that's more realistic now anyway, because it's like that if if you were an anarchist, it's not gonna happen in our lifetime. So theory is great, but you know like unless most just, unless not. it just dives into chaos, which it seems like it would. But mm-hmm. I feel like you guys are exactly right. It's it's like we have to be um, gentle about it because if we make all the systems and stuff disappear overnight, if we flip that switch, there's going to be a lot of chaos and a lot of turmoil and people are not going to be um, all of a sudden calm and meeting together and looking for the libertarian it answers. They're going to be like trying to prop up something. So we just have to agree, never go in the direction of more government, always move in the direction of less as principle, always. But the speed at which we do that, the rate at which we do that, can depend on each situation and those communities. So Linda, I'll even I say this. About, oh, my bad. Go ahead, Bootleg. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll even say this. A lot of anarchist libertarians that I know, I don't know that they would handle anarchy very well because anarchy requires like a certain level of restraint, right? Like it requires 
you to pick your battles, so to speak. Um, I feel like a lot of people like they use their principles as a way to cudgel other people to death. Like I'm more principled than you. Who gives a fuck? Honestly, at the end of the day, like working mm-hmm. with people is more important than, than being right all the time. And that's, that's a huge problem I see. And I think that is part of that conditioning that we have to start breaking even within ourselves. I catch myself doing that. Like I've had to, it, it's the one hard thing that I had to break myself of was arguing with people online because it doesn't matter what the fuck you say. They don't care. You don't care. And it's just pointless at that point. Yep. That's completely true. I've had to learn that uh, very hard in my life. It's caused me a lot of emotional turmoil that I didn't need for no reason to argue with people on Facebook. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had a question kind of about what you said. You said you really like, like representing because that's what you do now. And you just appreciate that part of it. So do you feel like as a representative, do you try to basically um, take everybody's opinion and kind of find the best average between those and literally kind of be like a mouthpiece for the region? Or do you really like um, kind of have your own principles that you already kind of refuse to compromise on as a representative, if that makes sense? Yes, it makes sense. Um, So a big thing about representing people is like communication. So if you're able to translate what's going on well to people, um, you know, that's going to be your number one way of figuring out what they want out of it, you know? So like to be able to share with them and say there's a, a certain event, um, like a mishap going on in another state affiliate, like we've had before you, you know, make sure all the people who that you're representing, they want to speak on it, make sure they understand it. You have conversation back and forth about it. Um, and then overall gathering most of the opinions and making it, that should be the number one thing you do representing. However, if there's something that would break principle, like if there was anything that, you know, affected or didn't go along with bylaws or it didn't adhere to principle, it was strictly unlibertarian or whatever. I would not budge on that. I can't, I can't do that. Um, but if it's an issue that is difficult and there's really no good way to, uh, navigate it and I just need to do what's best for the region, then yeah, I think, you know, fully having everyone's opinion in on that and trying to navigate where we stand on that's the best way to go. Okay. That, that sounds like a good balance. I was, that was like kind of like the best situation, but I wasn't going to give you that answer. That's great. Um, <laughs> so okay. does, does region seven, sorry. Go ahead. Does region seven still cover Alabama, Arkansas, Kansas, uh, Louisiana, Oklahoma, and Texas? No Kansas. And I think you got everything. Yeah, I think everything else. It's just, yeah, so Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Mississippi. No, Mississippi is not a part of it anymore. I'm sorry, Louisiana and then Alabama. It's very weird. We have like that little gap in between. I'm pretty sure it's because Mississippi literally doesn't have a region is what I've heard. Yeah, they're unaffiliated. That's cool. Kind of weird. It is kind of weird. I would like to help them out. (laughs) Did did they do that or did the LP do that? They did that. I'm pretty sure they did that. Weird. Mm-hmm. And they stand really firm in that too. If you, I've talked to a few people down there, and they're like, "Yeah, we like doing our own thing." Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, they do. Super anarchist. And I guess it's gonna, I guess it's gonna look different too. That's one thing to keep in mind. Um, I don't know for sure. I've just heard a lot of uh, 
guesstimations on who's going to leave this region, go to region two, I believe, or whatever. So I think we're going to lose some states. I don't think we're going to gain any. I wish we could have Tennessee and Kentucky. No. Tennessee would be cool. Yeah, it would. I'd like to see Tennessee disaffiliate and just be its own region uh, because Tennessee's that good. So, I mean. Humble. The land of the humble. Super humble. (laughs) I don't don't represent everyone. I am just me. I think Dave Jones would be okay with disaffiliating. Uh, Probably. Yeah. But I'm not going to say that. I don't speak for Dave Jones. (laughs) I just speak for the trees. Um, I like him a lot. Dave's Dave's an interesting dude. He's 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 boy knows how to party. He's in his, he's almost in yeah. his forties and he know, he he still knows how to party. You're you're one to talk, bootleg. So Lania, I wanted to ask you something. So we had had this Facebook discussion about um the cat declawing and stuff, and I think it's hilarious that bootleg just randomly also brought that up before <laughs> yeah. the show. I was it like, was crazy, but I'm curious because like I've wondered about this and talked to people about this before but never really had a libertarian who was like particularly passionate about it. And I feel like you might kind of fit that bill. So where does like libertarianism apply to animals and like how, where do animals rights like come into this? Yes. So I'll, let me preface by saying I've, I've worked in veterinary professional setting for like a decade. Um, and doing that just like with anything um, I, I, as a person, I relate more to animals. I love people too. I just relate more to animals. So it's given me a lot of time to think about it. Um, I definitely feel like it's impossible to try to apply like natural rights to, to animals because um, the reason we're given natural rights, religious or not, uh, they don't, they can't apply. It doesn't apply to animals in any, uh, you know, form. However, I feel like, I feel like in a totally libertarian society where um, animals Almost, if you didn't think about it too much, um, and they were the last thing that you were concerned with, they would be more like property. And um, it's hard to justify that to me because working with them for so many years, you know, they uh, animals go through, they have PTSD, they have cognitive decline whenever they're old, they have um, they have a lot of the same mental issues. So it would reason that they have a lot of the same mental processes, if not as superior, you know, like if not as evolved. Um, so I kind of equate them on the the lane of like children in a way. Like I feel like there needs to be protections for them. Um, I just I don't I don't know that we're like evolved enough to accept that or you know where we're at with that. But I it's it's one of the most unique uh, situations you can talk about with libertarianism. I can't remember if Walter Block had written about it or thought it was very important or it was like this weird enigma that he was trying to cover, but it's definitely something I wish more people were aware of and brought into the conversation because it's a real thing. And it's a, it's, we live with them. We live with them. We take them to the doctor, we (laughs) treat them. So people consider them family or however. So it's definitely something if we're going to move into that kind of society, we need to be prepared to, um, it's kind of like if we met an extraterrestrial, they're not going to be human. So, I mean, we're going to, if they were intelligent, but they weren't, you know, human, we still have to somehow figure out how to ethically handle them, even if they can't, you know, have natural human rights applied. So, so yeah. So is it that you define natural rights as only applying to humanity? Cause you, you said that, I want to see what that means to you. 
Um, so to me, because they're more like, again, God given rights. Uh, I, and also like we can consent and create a society together because we can communicate with each other. It's, you know, like animals can't, uh, by ours. They can, and they do, they, they do actually do labor. They like birds make their own houses. They do that. So yes, Mm -hmm. I personally, I could argue that yes, bees, I could argue for that. Yes, but I've had a lot of people tell me, like, you know, an animal can't receive God-given rights because it doesn't have a soul, which we don't know that any of that. That's just speculation. So my easiest discussion with most libertarians is that I'm not sure we can apply our definition of natural rights to them because the God-given thing. So, you know, it's it's difficult for sure. So can I weigh in on this slightly? And I think this will help. Uh, Miss Gabbard. Um, I think so. As far as like, I, I think where Will's going with this, you're talking about like if you declaw a cat, right? Like you're taking away part of its body. Um, do you have the right to do that? Is that kind of what the thought process you're going on that with? No, I actually wasn't thinking about that, but that was. I think that's what brought on his his discussion. Yeah, that's what I was asking him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think it's a lot like the uh, when I so I'll put I'll put it this way. My first experience with within the Libertarian Party was people screaming at me about circumcision is bad and it's a violation of human rights, which is a weird fucking way to join this party. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, but it uh it, it did open my eyes and you think about it. But at the end of the day, I think I think as Miss Gabbard has explained, if you consider animals to be similar to how we treat children, I don't, I, don't, I have, I have children. I don't put animals on the same playing field. That's just me personally, but I understand how some people feel about their pets, which is fine. I think it is a personal decision. If you choose to declaw your cat, for the simple reason that if this cat is going to be inside all the time, it no longer needs those claws, right? It, and yeah, it, it, it's a little bit of pain for a lot of gain. Um, you're not ending up having to replace furniture. You're ending up not having to deal with a lot of the things where uh, claws can end up actually grow in crooked or um, they get infected, stuff like that. And I think it's just, I think it's just a personal decision, and people just need to, you know, accept other people's decisions. I guess. I, I guess that's a good way to explain it. I don't know, maybe. Well, I will say uh, on that note, um, two things. Not not comparing animals to children so much, just like the fact that they are, like, the only comparison I can make is children can't really consent because they're underage, and animals can't consent because they can't speak. So those are that's what my comparison was. And then on the uh, declaw thing, actually, it's so... The AVMA, Veterinary Medical Association, basically um, has ruled that declawing is completely unethical. So, I mean, it doesn't it it gives them lifelong arthritis issues. Uh, it they can grow back through their skin. It's actually overall pretty much being outlawed at this point. So that is it's almost kind of like a moot point on that issue because there will be no more declawing. Uh, I'm, most veterinarians are not going to do it anymore. So, on that note. 
you know, like just taking it a step further though, like with like animal abuse or anything like that. I think that's where we need to, I can see how some people would think that certain elective surgeries, they still care about their cat, but more on the level of like abuse or how you treat your animal, you know, like that is eventually going to have to be explored in a better way. You know what I mean? Like, you, cause nobody really is for that. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm tracking on that. I mean, so yeah. it shows how much I know about like the veterinary space. Like I have a dog and he's, people, he's a massive dog <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, look, we feed him. He shits. And that's about it. And like, I like, he's a, he's a 90 pound great Dane lab pit mix. So he looks me in the eye and we fight a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm six, six, just to give you a comparison on how big this freaking dog is. Um, so, uh, I wanted to touch on something. Uh, can I get your opinion on this? Since we're on this subject, let's say, so most people like say, you know, I end up in a bad car wreck tonight and you know, it costs $10,000 to save my life. You know, my wife will be like, Oh, absolutely. I don't care what it costs. We'll do it. Uh, you know, most people are like that makes sense. But what if, let's say my dog gets hit by a truck tomorrow and uh, it costs like six grand to save his life. And I say, you know what? Let's just put him down. Is that unethical? Is that, is that is that morally incorrect to say, you know what? It's a dog. He's not worth six grand. Um, You know, it's a weird thing because I personally don't really think that um, like even this is a weird topic to get into but like euthanasia in general or being dead is necessarily like the worst thing in the world so i mean like i mean if some people you know they've talked about before like some countries who have legalized euthanasia for humans or whatever it's not always sometimes when an animal does get hit and you can't afford it um a lot of people will do it but if you can't i feel like euthanasia is especially if it's not fixable um it is a it's a very compassionate thing you can do. So, I mean, it, it kind of depends on your situation. Like in veterinary, that's happened before. Like if people can't afford to save their animal, compassionate euthanasias are for sure. Like, and the person's never happy about it. It's not just, they don't ever come in and they're like, you know, I, yes, I'm glad it's dead. Let's do it. So no, absolutely. Like, I don't, I don't think that people wouldn't attack you for that. I sure wouldn't. You know what I mean? That's just. I work in the senior industry. I see a lot of like nursing homes and a lot of people um, who just kind of like waste away all day. And I definitely firmly believe in euthanasia for people. Uh, I definitely have personal, personal choice. Let's, like, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and find that one real quick. Let's just make sure we're not saying we should kill all people if they choose to die. That's their choice. Oh, you know, grandma's costing too much money. Now. I just lost my job, guys. You said I look at old people all day and I believe in euthanasia. No, but seriously, seriously, like I just Grandma. say that whenever, if I ever need somebody to take care of me to such an extent, you know, that I can't be productive anymore, can't even carry myself, I think I would rather be dead. And I see those people, and in, in like nursing homes especially, there's not even enough staff to like change all the diapers that are necessary. So essentially everybody who's in a, a nursing home pretty much wastes away in their own filth all day. And it's just, I would much rather be dead. So I'll put that so, in my own will. So your grandmother is right now writing you out of her will because she's about, you're about to 
Hey, hey, Mamma, she's she's costing too much money at the old folks' home. We gotta get rid of her. She uh I, you know, have, just... I have no more mammals, unfortunately. But I do oh, have one I'm sorry. Left. He's cool. That's cool, man. It happens. That's that's actually an interesting change. Most people like most grant like most women outlive the men. That's true. My grandpa yeah. is a trooper. He's like he's almost 90, probably. I think he was born in forty wow. one. So how old is he? No, he's not almost nine. He's like eighty something. But he runs every day. He's running every day for like his whole life and runs a mile. So he's just a healthy dude. Sounds exhausting. <laughs> it is. Let me tell you something. If I make it to ninety, I am not running. My ass is walking everywhere. I will. I, I will be. Okay, Lenny, I wanted to go back to something that we talked about kind of earlier, like about the natural rights and stuff, because I thought that was really interesting Mm -hmm. that you kind of thought about that from a God thing. Um, One time I was on this podcast as a guest with this guy here in Oklahoma, and he was a right-wing conservative. And the reason he had me on is because we had Fox News come to one of our LP um, vaccine mandate protests when that first dropped federally. So he saw that and was like, okay, you know, I want to talk to somebody about that who, who organized that and stuff. And so I got on his podcast and he was like, you know, really thinking like he doesn't like libertarianism. He already knew that he's got the reasons he disagrees with, but he likes some parts like most conservatives do, of course. Um, But we got to that and he said, you know, I don't understand how, you know, people can be a um, basically believe in natural rights and not be a Christian and believe in God. And and I was like and I because I was told him there's a lot of different types of people in the LP. There's lots of atheists and there's transgender people and there's Christians and all of us have to make this work because we believe in these principles. And so he asked me that question. And, you know, what I told him is that even though we might not all believe in God, although I do, but even though we might be atheists, I think we all believe that life has value and worth and is worthy of protection simply because it exists. And I think that's what like self-evidence is. It's not necessarily that we have to believe in the exact narrative behind it of what makes it, but it's the fact that we believe that since it exists, it's worthy of our defense and deserves its liberty, you know? So I think that, I think that that does apply to animals. I think talking that they're like children, I think that's a really good way to explain it, but I do think children have natural rights too. Maybe not the exact same ones, but they do have some worthy of that protection. That's actually how, so that is personally how I would explain it to people. Um, most of the time, I, just because I guess I live in Arkansas, or in general, God-given rights are kind of like the more libertarian origin, like where I live or most people I talk to. And so even on that level, um, so that's kind of how I normally talk to people about it. But even on that level, like if you're religious, you're like a, you're supposed to be a steward over the animals anyway. So a lot of Christian libertarians that I know feel similarly like one of my best friends um zach actually he like he's very much like protective you know he has animals deserve to be protected but his is more of that like that christian view you know like stewardship but natural human rights wouldn't necessarily apply but he still he still embodies that the same way so yeah your way is exactly how i would define it for myself i think natural rights is not i don't think that's maybe that's just me, but <clears throat> I don't think natural rights is actually a religious term. I think it's... No. I think it means, like, when you're born, you are set with a certain mm-hmm. set of rights. You have the right to survive. Like, you, you like no one else has the, the ability to kill you. Or the, I should say ability. You have the right to exist on this planet along with everyone else and other animals and whatever. 
Um, you have yep. the right to own things. The, I think that's what natural rights is, and which I think it separates itself in a lot of ways from God given like rights, constitutional which is what, or that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I think that's like the the main difference in like natural rights versus like religious rights, because I think re- religious rights. It gets a little dark, uh, especially in some of the older texts and a lot of the uh, Judeo-Christian uh, Arabic religions or uh, uh, Islamic religions. It's a little dark in the older days. Um, but I think, you know, more of the modern thinking on a lot of those religions is m- more closely aligned to natural rights. But I think natural rights is a good way to do it. I don't think it, it at least it shouldn't alienate people, right? I mean, it. Like, we all understand that there are certain rights we should have, or at least most people do. Yeah, I think, well, I think, like, the whole the whole idea of natural rights are they're given to you because you're a human. And, like, where it separates it from anything else is, like, God, you're a, you're a God-created human, so you have these natural rights. But natural rights themselves, I think, they are separated from, like, constitutional rights. So your natural rights are things that nobody can bestow upon you. You have them. Right. Whereas like constitutional rights are, you know, given to you by decree of the constitution. So that's usually where I make my, like when you like legalistic stuff, like legislation and all that, that's where I would make the separation really. I like the, the way people have said it before that it's uh, I think I read it on a meme, but it's that um, the constitution doesn't give us natural rights. It just states that we have them. And so it's just yeah. a protection of what's already given to us by God or just that we already have. Yep. Because of people. That's why I don't like the phrase like constitutional carry. I hate that phrase because that kind of implies that uh, you, you it basically implies that you're allowed to carry uh, because the constitution, like, I mean, that's how it would read. Like you could actually manipulate legislation if you wrote it that way to make it look like the constitution gave you that right. So permitless carry. (laughs) We should think of a different. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Because if you go with constitutional carry, then then you could limit what people could carry right because then because the constitution hasn't even protected what we carry so if you if you bind yourself to the rights of men versus the rights of nature uh, the rights of nature is far more aggressive in protecting of your rights far far more so than the rights of mankind because um mankind as we have seen is not super friendly to your rights especially when they're in power i think that Basically, we always have to be fighting against somebody trying to take control of us. I don't think they'll ever be completely respectful of it. Just it's going to be a constant battle of convincing people that something's worth fighting for and doing it. Yep, conquering. We're always about the either we're conquering like our like I always think about the one of the best things for people, which can also be the worst, but that we're so busy, you know, like everyone's got careers and all that because that's what we're conquering now you know but if we didn't have that like and we were bored you know i'm sure like conquering each other would be much more and we already do that like on mass scale but seriously yeah we already do that in the facebook comments and stuff so it's yeah yeah, it's human nature and always will be yeah i think it is interesting i mean i think i think it is very human nature whether it's male or female, I think I see it a lot mm-hmm. in just everyone, but it is, it is human nature to grasp for more, right? Like it's, it's never enough where you're at. You've always got to have more, at least for a, a lot of people. 
And I think I think in a lot of ways that is problematic, but in a lot of ways it's not. Like that's what's built the society mm-hmm. we live in. Like that's that's why we have, you know, in in a smartphone now that's that crazy. we like Yeah, like we have we have more computing power in that thing than what took us off this planet to the moon, whether you believe that it happened or not. But the processing power on the entire planet then was less than what we have in our phones. The 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 desire to do more, to be better, to to do the next best thing, to be famous or to be the person who invented something in a lot of ways is bad. Or, you know, as we are seeing in Ukraine, the whole Russia, Ukraine thing, whether you support Ukraine or not, you know, Russia is looking to grow its empire. That's a natural thing like that. That's not, that's not unique to Russia. The United States has been doing it for a hundred fucking 200, 300 years. There was empires before that. Um, but it is a natural thing, but it is also a great thing because it makes all of us better because it, we're always striving for something better. Like anarchy, we are always striving for less and less government to make it a better world. Whether or not we reach it in our lifetime, who knows? But we are striving for that thing and we are reaching out for more and more reduction of government. Hell yeah. But I think you're right. It's like we, we always will be doing that, but we just have to – that's why we have libertarianism and like those principles mm-hmm. to stick by, to guide us. It's like a rule book for ourselves. It's like we know that we're bad and we're capable of bad things, and so these are our own standards for ourselves because we have to have that. Yep, because I – like personally, I'm like I'm extremely competitive, extremely, and I uh, I know like a lot of people do look down upon that or they'll be like, you know – that's a terrible way to, but really it's pretty natural. And so being competitive, as long as you have, especially like libertarian principles set in place, as long as your competition never breaches over into someone else's, you know, to their detriment, it should be fine. And like you, you know, all, all innovations will come out of that. All good ideas will come out of that. You can still be a good person and be competitive and be, and be successful and be an entrepreneur and be an innovator and a pioneer and fight for things. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just, yeah, the better you have to have standards and principles in your life, but yeah, like the Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand th- principles. Now I'm like thinking a lot about that. Yeah. Atlas Shrugged. Still miscovered. Uh... Go ahead. I was going to say, <clears throat> oh, that was awful. My voice cracked hard. Uh, <laughs> I, I am not going through puberty. I promise. Uh, I'm just tired and drunk. Um, so, uh, this show doesn't need to be all about the super serious stuff. We can do super serial all the time, but I've got a very important question for you. I like asking a lot of people who are deeply involved in the LP. So, when you're not doing LP bidding stuff and working, you know, working, whether it's for your job or the LP or whatever, what do you do to blow off steam? What do you do for you know, for fun, what, like, what are your hobbies? Yes. So I'm like, I'm a per, I'm actually a person of like many hobbies. So, um, I'm actually currently not working. I'm going through like a mini retirement. So I'm actually able to work on like all of my hobbies. Uh, so I live on 80 acres, um, definitely homesteading the entire thing. Uh, like today I spent all day, um, digging roots out, uh, like tree roots out so I can make a garden. Um, I do a lot of art. 
I'm actually an artist, uh, a lot of music, and then uh, love shooting guns, shooting bows. Um, I don't hunt. Uh, just I don't have anything against it. It's just not something I do. Um, and then, that, I mean, that's kind of how I spend all my time. I think I, I probably think of other things, but that's mainly it. Have you ever hunted before? Um, no, uh, I haven't. So, like, if I needed to, I would. But, like, just because I've worked with animals for so long, like, right now, if I don't have to, like, I, I kind of preserve them. Like, we got a bunch of deer on our land. or Let them be. You know what I mean? But, like, fair, yeah. should I have to? Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's fair. That's uh, exactly like my fiance Jessica's view on it. Like she does it, she would get be like squeamish about seeing it happen. Like she wouldn't go with me or anything to watch it. But if she had to, she would. That's what she says. I just want to say, as someone who lives in rural Tennessee, I'm super fucking jealous. You just said 80 acres. You, yeah, she, basically. Jealous. Yeah, she's basically a country song, except for the fact that she says she doesn't hunt. <laughs> She's like, I live on 80 acres and I shoot guns off my porch. And <laughs> wow. literally, what, literally what, an astute, what an astute observation. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. awesome. Though. So what do you, uh, is it like mostly, is it hilly? Is it like woods? What does it look like? It's mostly woods. Like around my house, uh, I live in a really weird, like half underground. It looks like a, it looks like a giant bunker. And there's like a fifth wheel trailer inside. So it's oh. half underground and then like cleared all the trees out around it. So that's, you know, conducive to like farm uh, chickens, things like that. But then all the rest of it's woods. We have a cool natural spring. I'm not telling anyone where it's at because I don't want anyone to steal my resources. Because I don't uh, believe in, in Arkansas, collective Arkansas, land sharing. Yeah, no, uh, central, like central Arkansas. Okay, cool. I've been to Northwest a lot, not central. but Oh yeah, that's very, that's very like highly populated central is cool because we're in this weird spot where we're like it is so so funny story i'm pretty sure i heard that the free state project like before it was created like they were picking where like what places it should be and like definitely arkansas was on that list like this this could be that like people are very you know like we're we're ripe for it so um especially central arkansas so yeah i mean all all my neighbors that are neighbors that i do have um they all feel the same way like it's awesome yeah it's really great government out of our lives please yep she said so bunker and i got more jealous <laughs> do you have electricity yeah i have electricity but also like from so, the city and stuff or from a rural electric place yeah, so we have the ability to hook up to, like, Entergy, which is the, like, you know, our grid. But also, uh, most of the time, I just am rolling off of solar so I can switch nice. off the the control. And, uh, like, today, because it's a really nice day, like, the whole, like, yeah, just everything's run off solar right now. It's awesome. <laughs> what? <laughs> so you just asked her. I'm looking. I'm looking behind her in the window where there's a there's a, a obviously a a electrical powered light on because it's not flickering. It's not moving. <laughs> she's on a she's on some kind of electrical device, uh, presumably on either cellular or Wi-Fi. Uh, do you have electricity? Are you okay? <laughs> do, you, do you need help? Uh, does Arkansas need to be Oklahomanized, or are you you guys okay? The the question that i was trying to ask and should have asked is is she on the grid or not 
because I knew that she had. That's where I thought you were going. My question <laughs> was, was electricity provided by a system or by solar or something like that? So that, that answered my question. <laughs> Asshole. Do you guys have water? <laughs> do, you, do you ride horses uh. to work? <laughs> no, that's not what I think. Do, do, do you know what a car is? <laughs> This is just made me in a dick now. <laughs> well, Do you know what the internet is? Lamia, we are getting near our end. We usually <laughs> allow our guest a moment to plug things and uh, tell us where we can support you and, and that such. Yeah, so I don't I don't have anything like any campaign page or anything, but uh, I do have Facebook. Anyone can reach out to me. Um, I pretty much will be making my rounds at all the Region 7 conventions if possible, and then I will be in Reno. So I'd like to talk to, to any of you. Oh, yeah. Bula, you're going to Reno, right? Um, if, if I'm elected as a delegate, I will probably go. Uh, there has been some whispers and people have asked me, do you want to go to, do you want to be a delegate? And I'm like, why are you asking me? Like you, you, there's, there's hundreds of people in the state party and you're like, that's the guy I want. But if I'm, if I'm a delegate, I will give a strong effort to go. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, looking forward to it. Uh, anything else you got to plug or talk about? Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the Tennessee area or Arkansas, just come on down to the LPTN convention this weekend. It's not that long of a drive, I promise. Uh, probably like two or three days. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great time. Just come on down to LPTN. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, it's in Manchester this year. So it's like south of Nashville, if you're into that thing. Um, Nashville's got stuff. <laughs> So, I hate cities. Cities, cities are the bane of my existence. Like, if I had a choice, cities wouldn't exist. So, it's a natural, natural occurrence. But I also don't like them, so it's nice to live farther away from them if possible. Yep. Don't you? Don't you live in OKC? Well, I did, and I I lived in the center, and it was rough. And now I live in Yukon, which is like a suburb. But really, I mean, I would love to move out in the country. That's like the ultimate goal. But shit, we're having fucking we're house shopping right now. And it's like insanely hard to get houses because we have all these people moving here from more populated places. And yep. they can pay like way over yep. asking price for things. And everything's going for over asking price. So it's pretty much like we're just chilling, not going to buy a house for a while. But. I, I almost committed a crime today at work. A guy was like, Oh yeah, I bought a house here. It's super cheap. He said, I paid like ten, like, you know, like forty, fifty grand over asking. He said it was only like three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, because this guy said, Where the fuck did you move from? He said, Oh, I moved from California. He said, I sold my house for like two million dollars and moved out here. And I said, Was it like a four bedroom house? He's like, Oh no, it was like three bedroom, one bath. I was like, I wanna fucking punch you in the mouth. Yeah, that's true, you're though. the reason why people mm -hmm. are, can't buy houses right now. Yeah, but in in ten years, people in California won't be selling them for as high. It's it's, it's you know it's natural. It happens. It changes. 
They're all leaving. And it's becoming decrepit and homeless. California still has like, what, millions and millions of people. Like, California is a country on its own still. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's not just economy, but it's still it's still declining. So, I think I think it's that declining, but it's not there yet. As long as they do what they're doing. Also, California. Another question is if it's environmentally viable, because most of California runs off of water that they pump in because it's a desert. So, honestly, all those people's yards and stuff, like what makes California beautiful, isn't really sustainable in a new century or whatever. See. California actually has a treaty with Colorado and Arizona to pump water because they they buy it cheaper than Arizona does. I think, oh god, what's his name? Uh, he does the um, the mobile mechanic thing. Uh, uh, uh oh, god damn it! Uh, he's the region rep. Yeah. Oh fuck, oh, what's his name? He's the region rep out Alex. there. Alex uh, Flores. Yeah, he's he was telling oh. us or telling me one day that um that basically California fucks every state around it on water because it sucks up so much fucking water. So I'm just I'm just saying, look, I, I don't promote violence, but let's just like let's give California what they want. Let's make them their own country. We just we blow debt like we just run debt court around the border and just just make it an island. Just save well, everyone hey, the heartache. I like the idea. But I have to go sweep the leg. <laughs> I'm about to be late if I don't leave soon. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and end it. Miss Gabbard, I I deeply appreciate you coming on tonight and putting up with our bullshit. So thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome topics, conversation. We support you. Thanks for being on. Thanks. All right. I'll let you do the honors. Everybody follow the Veteran Caucus, LP Vets, uh, Oklahoma Libertarian Party, like NatalieBruno.com. Bring electricity to Arizona. AR. 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 Not Arizona. Arkansas. That's, that's AZ. Arkansas. Shit. Yeah. I, I had the abbreviation right. I just had the state wrong. Nice Bring job, electricity. Uh, go, Great job, <laughs> That was me. That was you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Hashtag uh, bring electricity to to AR. <laughs> Follow us on fucking YouTube uh, because Facebook hates us. We're in timeout on Facebook for some reason. We don't know why. Uh, she's uh, Madam Facebook is mad at us. Yeah, it's probably my fault. Um, it's it's hate speech. Fucking white people. racist hate white people. Motherfucker. I fucking hate white people. <laughs> but. Good night, good liberty, and uh, Miss Gabbard, who is no longer here, is not, not a real libertarian, so. Peace.